Hey guys, let's talk about packs as hunting season inches closer every day. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. guys we're rolling this is jim huntsman with the western huntsman podcast welcome to the show thanks for tuning in this week coming at you from hayden idaho in the broken time studio pretty excited about this episode i appreciate you guys tuning in uh had a great week i was up uh, if you listen to last week's episode you know i was up on the river uh camped in uh, on on a, on a river in north idaho i'm not gonna get super specific but <laughs> anyways uh man i caught a ton of fish too like i caught over like 30 fish and I really didn't fish that much uh, because there was a lot going on. Had the kids uh, swimming in the river. It was my wife's birthday. It's the 4th of July. All these things were going on. And uh, so I didn't get a lot of fishing in. But the fishing I did get in, uh, it was really good fishing. And so I had a ball. I caught a couple of really good ones. It was a good time. Good to be back. Good to be back in phone service and, and trying to you know get back online with the, with the podcast here and uh, get this thing rolling, man. I got a great episode lined up for you guys. Um, I, my two friends, Dennis and Roger from initial ascent packs are coming on and, um, we're going to talk about this just kind of follows along with the series where I'm trying to bring on the different components of gear for you guys to listen to, you know, these guys that are experts and they're, you know, obviously they're going to be biased to what their product is for the company that they're representing, which is totally fine. It doesn't take it away. It does not take away from the fact that they are experts in what we're talking about. And in this case, we're talking about packs. And they make they, these guys custom make these backcountry hunting packs. They're they're fantastic. And uh, I am I am looking forward to getting one. But I'm on hold. Okay, so don't don't tell my wife that I'm thinking about getting one. But I'm I'm totally gonna pick one of these packs up before this season. Uh, I've just Probably dropped a little too much money than I should have on hunting gear already, which, uh, you know, is, is pretty typical this time of year. But uh, what you guys should do is shoot me an email uh, at jim at the Western Huntsman.com. I want to know what the best excuse or reason or justification that you have used on your wife or husband, you know, spouse, significant other um, to purchase hunting gear. Uh, I'd be curious to see what some of those are. And uh, what I'll do is I'm, I'm going to take all those and uh, the either the funniest one or the one that just strikes me the most, the best one. And, it you know, whether it worked or not, I don't care. Just send them in to me. And what I'll do is I'll pick a winner and I'll send him a I'll send him a Maverick Reed. What the heck? I got an extra Maverick Reed sitting here and uh, some Western Huntsman stickers. So write in Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com. Your 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 best most unique creative funny justification reason or excuse to buy new hunting gear uh, that that you uh, use to try to convince your significant other to uh, you know as justification to to buy it. I think that'd be pretty funny. 
because I need to get creative, man. I need a, I need a new pack. <laughs> and so uh, that's what I'm going to be working on. Also, real quick, news-wise, uh, I wanted to talk to you guys real quick about the Idaho State Bowhunter. So this is obviously for my, my Idaho peeps listening out there. Um, the Idaho State Bowhunter uh, Association has their jamboree coming up. So despite the nasty coronavirus that seems to, like, just keep coming back like the cat that won't go away. They're going to go ahead with with a lot of safety precautions. You know, there's social distancing, things like that going on. Uh, they're going to be following the Idaho governor's guidelines for for reopening the businesses in Idaho uh, with the social distancing. And, and, get, and, and read all that crap on their website. I don't want to go through all that. So COVID-19 aside, they're going to still hold the Jamboree. It's in Stanley, Idaho. It's on July 17th through the 19th. Uh, this is a really cool family-friendly event. You can camp down there. You can stay in a hotel in Stanley or one of the other surrounding communities over there. They have it's like a touristy area. There's tons of hotels. Um, on Friday, they're going to do a couple of smoker rounds for th- on the 3D ranges. Uh, there's competitive and non-competitive, and then there is an elk hunting seminar with Chris Horton of Elk Addicts, which. Uh, you know, as I'm reading that, I should get Chris on the show and we should talk about elk hunting. So maybe I'll do that as uh, that just like triggered a, a, an idea. Oh, by the way, if you guys have guest ideas for the Western Huntsman podcast, somebody that you know that may not that I may not be aware of that you think would be a good fit on this show, or maybe it's you, uh, expert in some level of hunting, outdoorsmanship, things like that, shoot me an email, jim at thewesternhuntsman.com. Uh, I want to get some really unique guests coming up as as we kind of roll into the fall. So uh, let me know on that. So getting back to the Jamboree, um, the, yeah, the elk hunting seminar is going to be on Friday night. And then the competition shoot starts on Saturday morning, and uh, the, the there's going to be awards, there's raffles, all sorts of cool prizes. There's a, a championship elk calling contest, uh, full draw film tour. Um, I'd love to get into that elk calling contest. That'd be fun. I'd get my butt kicked, but it'd be fun because yeah, I've never been in a contest for one. So. Uh, and then there's a kid's shoot on Sunday, which is pretty cool. So anyway, it's just a cool event, guys. If you can make it, that'd be awesome. I am trying to figure out if I can, if I'm going to be able to make it this year or not. It's a it's a really tricky year for me, uh, between the podcast and hunting seasons and and uh, my day job and and uh, some family stuff going on. So I'm I'm not totally sure if I'm going to make it, but uh, there, there's a good there's a good chance of it. So that is that. You can check more information out at IdahoStateBowHunters.com, and it'll kind of walk you through the jamboree. I'm sure other states. I know there's I know there's one of these. That is going on. I is it Utah? Utah bow hunters something? I I can't remember. And there's another one in Montana as well that it, that I'm vaguely aware of. Uh, but uh, you know, despite despite the the pandemic going on, some of this stuff is uh, still happening, and I think that's important. Um, so anyway, moving on. All right, guys. This episode. So Dennis Stokes and um, and Roger Holter. Dennis is the co-founder of Initial Ascent Packs. They've been around a couple of years. They just—it's like a new company. Um, these packs are custom made. They've, they come in different sizes that you could change out on the on the same frame. So you only have to get one frame. But if you just want to run a day pack or like a four thousand, um, or, or bump it up to a six thousand, just to, just depending on where you know how far and how long you're you're going back in, uh, they're definitely worth checking out. These things are pretty badass. I'm gonna I'm definitely. Once you guys send me your justification ideas so I can I can borrow them and plagiarize them with my wife, I'm going to do that. I'm going to pick up one of these packs. And Roger Holscher is a in law enforcement. He's a policeman down in the Nampa, Idaho area. 
and uh, is what they call a, a, an initial ascent athlete. And he's a big time hunter. If you follow his uh, Instagram, which he's got a let me let me pull this back up. What's his Instagram? Because it's a really good Instagram. Roger at Initial Ascent, and you guys should check that out because his his Instagram handle is backcountry underscore baba underscore yaga, uh, and he's got a lot of cool stuff on there. So uh, make sure you guys are checking that out and follow Initial Ascent on Instagram. Uh, and, and obviously the Western Huntsman on Instagram, if you guys aren't, that, that thing's grown a little bit, so that's been good. But these guys, uh, we have a really good conversation about like the components of PAC systems and why they started the company, uh, things that uh, make packs effective and good and how they ride and how, how, they, how they pack weight, uh, how you try out packs. And, and then we talk a lot about the packs themselves made by Initial Ascent, obviously, because they these guys are with Initial Ascent. So uh, this is just, uh, again, following into the, the series of, of gear. I think I've only got like one more gear category episode coming out i think i'm not totally sure yet that kind of that kind of takes care of that guys uh you guys are going to like this episode uh let me know what you think and don't forget to write into me for a chance to win that maverick read and here we go guys let's get into it with roger and dennis of initial ascent Dennis and Roger, how you guys doing? Doing great, Jim. Hey, it's great to be with you, man. Great to be with you guys. I'm pretty stoked about this episode, man. I we were just talking before I hit record. I'm uh, I'm like uh, really excited to talk to the founder or co-founder of Initial Ascent, and they make an it's like an Idaho made sweet pack system and with all sorts of accessories there's different options color options all sorts of stuff so so guys listening on the line i got dennis stokes who's a co-founder of initial ascent and i've got roger holsher who is one of our heroes in blue and um a police officer now roger where are you a policeman at in the city of nampa down outside of boise and and Roger agreed that if I'm cruising through Nampa and I get busted going over the speed limit, he's going to let me off without a ticket. Is that right? Can I get that on record? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that on record. <laughs> Roger's also one of our uh, ascent team athletes, so he uh, he's an yeah. integral part of uh, of initial ascent and uh, you know gear testing and uh, man just. You've never met a uh, gear expert like Roger. That is that is really cool, and that's why I like getting guys like you on the show. Because if you guys have listened to my show at all, you will know that I I am not a gear expert, and uh, I I'm not what you would call a gear junkie. Um, like like Roger, you're probably a gear junkie, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, something called before, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome, man. I I've just never been accused of it, and I don't know if it's because I'm cheap or if I'm sentimental about the gear I, I use. I just I uh, but I am due for a new pack, so uh, this is going to be a really good conversation, and we should probably start with getting a little bit of your background on both of you guys. Dennis, can you kind of walk us through your background and 
and and and then take us all the way up to the point in which you decided to to co-found Initial Ascent. Okay, um, so I was born and raised in the state of Florida, and when I uh, I, I went to school back there and um, grew up hunting and fishing. Um, we lived on a dirt road back back there in the Panhandle, Florida, and so did a lot of hog hunting, uh, deer hunting, trapping, bass fishing, all that good stuff. And so I moved up to Alabama to go college and spent about seven years in that state and then moved out here to Idaho uh, with, with my career. Um, about let's see that was 2000 and so mm-hmm. yeah i got my wife and i got married on uh saturday and we loaded up a u-haul and drove in separate vehicles all the way to uh the great state of idaho it took us about a week to get here in separate vehicles my from alabama hun- yeah so that was our honeymoon i have yet to live that one down <laughs> <laughs> but i am proud to say that we've been married for 20 years now so um, Congratulations! It all worked out. Thank you. Thank no, that's you. awesome. I'm I'm super curious how a a, a kid that grows up in Florida and and uh, you're probably probably big into bass fishing and whitetail hunting and all that stuff that you were talking about. Um, how did you and your wife decide to go uh, when you're looking at places to go? What where did Idaho come to mind? How did how did that come to be? Dairy cows. Uh, Dairy cows. So yeah. So my my first my first love, uh, as far as a career choice is, uh, I'm a, I'm a dairy nutrition consultant. So, uh, I work with, and I, and I still have that business. Uh, I, I work with, uh, dairies out here in the West and basically tell them how to feed their cows and oh, tell okay. them what to feed their cows. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's one side. And, uh, then, then the other side of me is is the hunter, outdoorsman, gear junkie, um, who co-owns Pack Company. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, that's fantastic, man. I I didn't even know there was such thing as a dairy cow consultant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a relatively small world, but mm-hmm. uh, we've got about nine million dairy cows in in the United States. And so, uh, a lot of those cows are, are out here in the state of Idaho. So that's originally what brought me here. And, wow. uh, that was like, say 20 years ago. And once I got to Idaho, I started hunting and, and fishing out here and boy, was that a different world. Um, I had to give the learning curve was so steep. Um, I had to, uh, to learn everything basically new again. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that was, that was quite different, but I did get into, um, a lot of gear and I, I realized that you had to have a lot of different types of gear, you know, one being a good set of boots and the other one being a, being a good pack. So, yeah. um, the, the whole, the pack thing, I was really interested in, in that. And so I, over the last, gosh, before initial ascent came along, I had owned about every pack out there and just, um, you know, tried to find something that I, that I really like. And, and, well, I got along with a, a lot of them well, but, um, not along. I, I didn't get along with them 
as well as I would have liked. I was always looking for something better, right? Sure, so sure. My uh, back in 2015, um, my my buddy Joe and I, uh, who we had hunted together and gone to church together and all that, and our boys about the same age, um, we were talking on you know over several hunts, but uh, talking about gear all the time and you know, what we like about this pack and that pack. And, um, we finally kind of decided that we would venture out and make something of our own and make some, something that would, that would be perfect for us. And we figured that if we did that, then there would, uh, there would be others that would, that would like what we're doing as well. So, so you guys just kind of, you put your heads together and thought like with all these different packs we've tried over the years, um, like there's something missing, right? And, and we just want to figure that out and, and make, make it perfect. Or is that kind of, is that on track? Yeah. Just, just wanted to, wanted to, to make something better for us. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there were, there were a lot of things about a lot of packs that, that, that we liked, but then there was, there was always something that, that we disliked. And I think, you know, you can, you can ask anybody around and that's probably a, a similar uh, thing for them. You know, where's, where's that perfect pack? So we, we decided to make that perfect pack uh, for us. And, yeah. And so that's kind of how initial scent was born. Cool, man. No, that's, yeah. that's a great story. That's there's, there's a couple things like, uh, and, and I think I, I say it, you know, I, I have, I have some show sponsors and I, I talk about one of my favorite things about, companies that are like born out of the hunting industry is is the story and how these companies come together and how they start from nothing and grow into these these big things and and I'm I'm always super interested in that side of it and it, it's it's just a cool story you guys get together you start this company now how long has has it been the company initial ascent so um so back in I want to say it's back in 2015 we we set up the uh, LLC kind of started our journey, um, but we didn't hit the market until February 8, 2018, and and that was at Western Hunt Expo there in Salt Lake City. Wow! Uh, and and the year before that, um, you know, we had been we had been designing and testing and all of that, and we were just at a point where um, we we really needed to either, you know, pee or get off the pot, as they say. Sure. And sure. before we left the, the Western hunt expo and Joe and I were really fired up, you know, about what, what we were doing. Um, but yet I wasn't quite ready to, to make that leap. Joe comes up to me after the show and says, Hey, uh, I just got us a booth for next year. So we better be ready. <laughs> <laughs> So there it was. We had our we had our short term goal um, set for us, and mm-hmm. uh, we had to make we had to go out and and get get everything ready. So we had a lot of a lot of work to do. Uh, but by that time, our our frame was uh, was pretty much dialed in at that point, and that's that's where we started was with that foundation, and uh, nice. then the rest just kind of fell in place. But man, there was it's a pretty stressful year trying to trying to get ready. No, know, knowing that that deadline was out there. 
Yeah, I can't even imagine that. Like, just because you guys, you guys hand make these things, and that's just got to be a lot of work. Where, where did the name Initial Ascent come from? Um, you know, we we tossed around lots of lots of names, but uh, we thought about our company, and it was it was our initial ascent into the hunting community, um, and we just figured. We definitely didn't want to be initial descent. <laughs> we're, we're going, we're going up and not down. That's for yeah. Sure. You, you just want to uh, go up. Yep. That's right. So, uh, so yeah, that that's kind of where it came from. Fantastic, cool, man. That's a great story. We're gonna we're gonna dive into these packs and and talk a little bit about them and kind of what I've been doing the last um, you know the, some of the episodes lately. My my idea and my thought process is uh is to get as as we approach hunting season you know september's only two months away and october's only three months away you know and on and on and on i've wanted to get some different aspects from uh companies that are uh that that have great products that i think my listeners would benefit from and and trying out and kind of give everybody some more options as they start making these decisions for hunting season 2020 and so this this ties in perfectly to that, and uh, and Roger, uh, let's switch gears to you, man. Can you can give us the Roger Holsher one hundred and one background? Oh man, so I grew up in uh, Northern California. I know the native Idahoans don't like hearing hearing that, but I came from Northern California, a small little yeah. Farming. I didn't know that, man. I, I wouldn't have even had you on the show if I knew you were. That's why I kept it a secret until we started recording. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I knew that before. Yeah. No, so it's a little town northeast of Redding um, in the mountains of Northern California. Grew up there hunting and fishing. My grandparents had a little cattle ranch that we grew up on, and it's kind of where I got my start in the outdoors and hunting and fishing uh, with my dad and grandpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved away from there after high school down into the Sacramento Valley and uh, played college baseball, went to college down in there. Then I uh, moved down into Southern California to go to college and ended up working at Bass Pro Shops down there. And that's kind of where I got into the gear side of, of hunting and everything, working in the archery department down there. Um, one of the guys I worked with, Garrett Trafus, he real big into the archery and kind of the, before I was an archery hunter, I was, I started archery hunting when I was 13, but it really wasn't until I started working at Bass Pro Shops that I really honed the craft of archery and started doing competitions and really working on stuff. Before then, I was just kind of a guy that picked up his bow month before season and, and made sure everything was on and then went hunting with it, you know? So yeah, where I got my start into all that and then started doing pretty well in the archery competition side of things and and got a couple sponsors or pro staff stuff and then i moved back up into northern california and began my law enforcement career i'm working for a police agency outside of sacramento and met my wife there and uh met a buddy of mine that got me into the backpack style of hunting you know growing up everything was a lot of logging roads and stuff like that so there was really wasn't a need for a backpack because we were truck camping and there really wasn't a spot where you couldn't drag a deer a mile and get to a truck. So we took a lot of stuff out of pole 
Oh, so wow. I never really did a pack, but when I met my buddy Chris Aulis, um down there outside of Sacramento, we started doing the the backpack style hunting, and and that's kind of where I got into that. And then the whole new can of worms, like Dennis said, on the different gear that you need for that type of of hunting, and that's where I kind of got into that, and which ended up leading me into initial ascent. But me and my wife decided it was time to call California quits at in October of 2018 and we moved up here to Idaho and began working up here and, and then ended up uh, meeting another guy named Chris, Chris Young. Uh, I tell everybody I met him in jail. <laughs> what did you arrest him? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what everybody's like. Wait, were you in jail or did you arrest him? <laughs> uh, he, he was a correctional deputy at the jail here outside of town and, and ends up, he's now working for us. But met him, started talking to him about, I just did a, a bear hunt, um, solo spring bear hunt. I was successful, but had a miserable time with the pack that I was running. And Chris had been running initial ascent packs and everything since about the inception, right, Dennis? Mm -hmm. pretty close. And, and so he came over one day, brought his pack and tried it on with some weight and kind of the rest is history. I sold, got rid of my pack and got a, initial scent pack and I've been running them ever since. So like what the, the question always is, is like what brought you from California to Idaho? Was it hunting? Was it like the outdoors or? Yeah. You know, there was, there was that, there was the politics, you know, it's, it's hard to, to uphold laws that you're not agreeing with. And California started swinging. Well, I guess it'd been a long time coming, swinging away of, of, laws and, and making things illegal yeah. or sorry, things that were illegal not illegal anymore and then making things you know illegal that shouldn't be you know and it just didn't sit well with me and i had a hard time doing it and my wife is super supportive of everything and and knew i wanted to move up here and knew it'd be better for me anyway and you know i had a it was a it was a dangerous town and it was kind of a time for us to get out of there the, I just like being in law enforcement in, in like today's day and age, you know, I, especially like it's, it's, it's probably pretty good that you're not in California still, but, um, I know, I know the, the, the dangerous streets in Nampa though might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, that's what everybody, you know, when we moved up here, they're like, oh man, Nampa's got the highest crime rate in Idaho. And it's like, man, that's still a fraction of. <laughs> crime that you know i'm used to the it's just and that's the thing i still got buddies that are down there friends that work for that agency and surrounding agencies and they're dealing with all the the riots and protests and stuff right now and we're just very fortunate up here in this this community that they really support law enforcement and you know yeah. law and order so it's, yeah, it's we have common sense yeah yeah. Common sense. It, it just blows my mind. Like people are okay with painting the entire world of law enforcement with this broad brush all over the actions of, of a couple of people. And, and that, that always bothers me. And so, uh, and, and we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. And then, so, so, so just kind of getting back on track. So you're in law enforcement, Dennis is out there advising people on how to feed their cows one of the cows probably got stolen in that high crime rate area of Nampa, and that's how you guys met. <laughs> oh, that would be a sexier story, but uh, <laughs> I met Dennis through Chris, and 
and kind of went that route with it. Yeah, all, all revolved around a backpack. Yeah. All, all around a backpack. No, that's good. Let's talk about that a little bit. What kind of hunting do you guys do? Um, gosh, whatever we can get a tag for, basically. Um, you know, we're, we're mule deer, um, elk, antelope, bear. Um, those are probably the, yeah, the, the biggest ones, at least year in and year out. And then try to, try to get off and, um, go, go hunt a few other species, whether it be out of state or out of the country sometimes. Mm hmm. Not a whole lot of the out of the country thing, especially now. But um, yeah, probably, probably pretty limited with that, with the whole coronavirus going on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's been pretty limited. So we we're trying to get creative with the uh, stuff around around here, you know, in the different states and whatnot. So yeah, um, yeah, playing the old you know draw game and all of that. So do you guys, when when you're hunting, let's say you're going after elk or mule deer, are you guys mainly doing backcountry hunts? Well, it's, I'm pretty new at that side of things. Growing up in Northern California, like I said, we didn't do a whole lot of backcountry stuff. It was pretty flat country, high desert, mm-hmm. you know, rock and, and sagebrush and junipers and stuff. And so we did a lot of tree stands over water holes or ground blinds over water holes. And, and that was a pretty successful way to, to kill mule deer because our, our archery season down there, was in august and august in california no matter where you're at is is pretty hot so yeah, water was hot. screaming so that's kind of what the style of hunting that i grew up doing and then you know it was a once in a lifetime type of tag if you were to get a an antelope or a or an elk tag so i'm and we didn't have a spring bear so it was if you happen to run across the bear during fall deer season that was kind of about the only way you can do it because they outlawed running bears were pounds did you say did, did you say elk are a once in a lifetime tag in california yeah and you know even the area i grew up in there's that's nuts a large, large herd of of elk and there's a lot of elk in that area and i grew up seeing them along with antelope but it was they gave out so few number of tags that it's a once in a lifetime tag i think i left that state with 15 preference points for both elk and antelope so it's you, just you can still use those can you, you can go back yeah, but that's kind of my dilemma. Is why would I spend the outrageous price to go hunt elk in California when I could go over the county here in Idaho? Yeah, so. very true. Very true. Guys, I want to spend just a couple of minutes talking about who makes this show possible. Scree, Extreme Mountain Gear. This is high-performance hunting attire and gear, scientifically tested camo patterns, and it's all backed by a great company that I wouldn't recommend to you if I didn't truly believe in it. The name Scree kind of has a, an origin out of the Scree rock. They changed the spelling on it, but that rock found at the bottom of rock faces and cliffs, particularly in high elevations, real rugged type kind of country. Uh, I've been using Scree for uh, all spring for, for barren turkey, and I'm really impressed with it. I had the founder on a few episodes back, and he said something that really struck me. He wanted to produce high-performance hunting gear, but at a responsible price. It's a real interesting term, and it's true. Everybody knows you can drop a small fortune on name-brand hunting attire, but with Scree, you get the name-brand, you get high-performance hunting gear, a lifetime warranty, VIP sizing guarantee, which it doesn't cost you anything to exchange the gear if it comes in the wrong size, 
and very effective concealment patterns, all without breaking the bank. I really like the bundle options, especially the Elite Starter Bundle. It's like a really good deal, perfect for September and October hunts all over the American West. Uh, you should check it out. It's a great way to get started in the gear and, and begin with your layering systems. Uh, Scree offers a complete layering system for all terrains and all conditions. And it's, it's just a great deal, especially, again, that, that Elite Starter Bundle. Oh, and if you use the promo code the Western Huntsman at checkout, you'll get 15% off and free shipping. That's a big deal. Great gear, great company. It's a great story. It's a whole package. Check it out. The link is in the show notes, guys. Phelps Game Calls. One thing I love about the companies born out of hunting is their story. The American success story that walks us through how something started small and grew into something spectacular. Phelps Game Calls is quintessential to this. Jason Phelps started making calls as a hobby in 2009, wanting to make a more realistic sounding, right? Now, 11 years later, Phelps is one of the premier hunting call companies on the planet and for good reason. It's a great story, and Phelps is just filled. It's one of those companies that is just filled with excellent, first-class, salt-of-the-earth kind of people. I've been calling elk with, uh, with Phelps for a long time, uh, and long enough to know that it's an effective, realistic, it's a durable, and easy-to-use call. I gave my teenager a Phelps read last summer to learn on uh, before September, you know, and like a month later, she was bugling bulls in with me. It's the same exact read I use as an advanced caller, so they're great for beginners and advanced callers as well. So I'm a huge fan of the Phelps game, uh, elk calls, but I also use their predator calls. The fawn in distress call has been my go-to for bears this spring. I also called in a few turkeys with the black bat turkey read. They also have waterfowl calls, and they're coming out with some new deer calls. Hit up the website and check it out. The link's in the show notes, and if you find something you like, use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. Whether you're just getting started or have expert level calling skills, check them out. Phelps, get them close. Do you do you guys hunt uh, outside of Idaho much? Any plans this year to go anywhere? Yeah, I uh, so I I've done a little bit of that, not a whole lot of that, but um, I drew a early season Nevada archery mule deer tag and, for uh, this year. Yeah, for this year. So I'll be Sweet. August 10th that season starts. So I'll be going to do that. And then my son and I drew a, a antelope tag in Wyoming. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So yeah, you're going to be all over the place. Yeah, right now I've, I've got a couple of twins that are seniors coming coming this fall. And so they're going to be pretty busy doing the you know their senior year. And so yeah. I'm going to kind of try to – try to stay fairly close uh you know during that especially this fall when they're playing sports and whatnot and and then i think come next year you know all these other states that have accumulated points i'm gonna really start getting serious about that <laughs> <laughs> i i need to get serious about it too man i've been dropping the ball big time on on uh, some of my my out of the states and or out of state prefer points and, and everything else I've been working on. But, um, I think like by the time this is live, you can get your, you can buy your Wyoming point. Uh, so, cause I think that yep. starts July 1st or something like that. So, yeah, uh, I, I believe that's correct. And that goes yeah. all the way through December. Isn't it? Yeah. It, well, through quite a bit of the fall, I guess. 
Yeah, quite quite a it's it's a couple of months at least, uh, if yeah. not more. I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, and I think Montana is about the same. But anyway, no, that's cool, guys. This is this is awesome, so, Roger. I do have before we get into talking about these packs. Like I've I've I'm always intrigued with law enforcement stuff. Um, do you like when when you're out on patrol? And, and you're, let's say you're patrolling like the outskirts of town and it's pheasant season and you see this big old rooster. Can you take that thing down with like your, what, like take your own shotgun out and do that or, or how does that work? I'm sure they probably frown upon that, but (laughs) I went through the department of fish and game Academy in California for game warden stuff. And I got a lot of buddies that are game wardens and it's a pretty good gig. And I, I've heard stories of guys taking their deer rifles on patrol with them. And then if they see a deer, they'll check out a service, go harvest the deer and then, you know, deal with it and then go back in service. So <laughs> I've heard uh, of those things happening. That's, that's what I'd be doing. I, I asked that cause I, I loaded, um, well, it was, this was a, a few years back. A few, I was going to do a bid, uh, cause I'm in the construction industry and, uh, whacked this big old mule deer that I found on accident on top of this, the, the, the person I was going to meet no showed me. So I went hunting up above their house because his neighbor fessed up about this, uh, these mule deer that were running around up on top of that mountain. So uh, long story short, I showed back up to my, my office, uh, and my boss is standing out in the parking lot and I pull up and there's this big old mule deer. Uh, you could see the antlers inside the shell of the truck and he never let me live that down. <laughs> so, that lunch break right and we're able to yeah that. it was like lunch break you know it it's works out it's pretty cool so so let's talk about some packs guys i uh let's see i've got your website pulled up here can you give us like the basic rundown of different pack systems and and let's start with that and we'll just kind of go from there does it sound good sure yeah so it, the pack all starts with the foundation. That's what it's built upon. That's, that's what we base our, you know, our, our lives, whether our family life or, um, you know, we, we have to have a good foundation, right? So mm-hmm. we built that, uh, that frame. It's a carbon fiber composite frame and it weighs 19 ounces. Um, and it, we have yet to find, um, we, we've yet to find the, the, the weak point uh, of it. So of the frame, uh, you, you mean of the frame? Yeah. Yeah. It's just people ask us, you know, well, what's the weight rating? I have no idea. All I know is that every year people are hauling whole animals out, including uh, there's, there's been a bunch of whole cow elk quartered up, obviously, but mm-hmm. taken out in one trip on, on this pack. So, so over 200 pounds for sure. Um, but guys are doing that routinely now. Um, so that's where it starts is the frame. You've got the suspension with, with the uh, hip belt and the shoulder harness. And, and that's, that's kind of the foundation of the whole thing. And then it's a modular system. So all of our different systems um, from our, our day pack system, to our 6k system it all goes on the same foundation so you can you can trade the bags out um, 
fairly seamlessly in seconds. So, okay, so ju just to clarify on that, so you can take the IA6K bag and put it on the same frame that the IA2K. Yeah. Is that, yeah. that's what you're saying? Okay, I'm just making yeah. sure because I, like I told you, I'm, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with, with this, this type of gear and this specific, these specific packs. So, sure. um, uh, oh, okay. All right, cool. So, so, yeah, you've got, you got that. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, with some of these packs out there, um, you have to, if you, if you want a pack that's, um, 4,000 cubic inches, but you've got one that's 2,000 cubic inches, a lot of those pack systems, you have to buy that, that, you know, next system mm -hmm. with its own frame and suspension and all that. So, you know, with being able to be modular like this, we're really able to help the user be really versatile depending on what type of hunting he wants to do during the season because you know i've got i've got five or six tags to fill this season and you know there's going to be some of them that are going to be day hunt style uh or base camp style um most of them are going to be backcountry um there may be some that are 10 days versus some of them that are four days um, mm -hmm. so I, I may need different size packs for the different hunts so you can kind of save save guys some money by having it so modular and being able to go from one system to the other in a matter of seconds and, and the way that you've named them so you've got your day pack option the the initial ascent 2k I, i'm a, i'm just assuming that's that's cubic inches right 2000 4000 yeah. 6000 and so, and even the day pack will slide onto the other frames. Yeah. So the, the day pack or the day mode is it's called is the basically It's just the pannier load carrier with the lid. So you oh, can, Oh, I see that now. Okay. I pulled it up. That load carrier, you can smash that between the bag and the frame It folds down. And so when you're running you know, anything from the two K, four K or six K, you can have that up against your frame out of the way. Or when you need to haul out meat, you could unfold it, throw your meat in there. Or if you wanted to, like, personally, what I like to do is I'll run that pannier all the time underneath all my bags. And then where I get where I'm going, I'll just take the whole bag off. And so, like, right now, I'm, I've been running the 2K a lot. So I'll have my camp, all my extra gear, everything that I'm not going to need for, you know, just going out from spike camp out to a, a day hunt. Mm -hmm. I'll leave all that in the bag take it off the bag, especially if I'm in bear country, I could take and send the whole bag up into a tree and then still have the lid with my water bladder, my toiletries, my essential items, my first aid kit and everything with me with that load carrier. So I can go out and if I need to call me back. So that's, yeah, that's, that's super cool. So here, like just a question as, as a generalized rule of thumb, um, and and the reason I ask this is because I've I've had some of the listeners have emailed me this question and I don't really know um, with with these kind of packs if somebody's in the market they're they're going into the backcountry but they're only like looking at at three nights um can you give us a breakdown of the sizes for the amount of days people are in the backcountry sure so um, you know and some of this you you kind of have to get creative on, but, um, let's say our, our day pack, 
you know, that's, that's going to essentially be for the day. Okay. Um, if you're going up to the 2k, uh, we've actually been running that 2k, um, you know, for two, three nights type thing, you know, really? and especially, especially like in the spring season, um, early season, uh, you can easily get three nights out of that thing. Um, out of the where 2K. Gonna, yeah, out of the 2K. So where you're going to run into, you know, room issues are when you start adding layers of clothing and you're going to, and you start adding, you know, days worth of food. So the food takes up a lot of space. And so, um, once you get past that 2K and you go to the 4K, the 4K is, you know, if you look at a, a, a five day hunt, that's, that's your 4K sweet spot. Now, if you use the, the pannier load carrier in between there, you know, you could, you could squeeze it on out to seven days fairly easily. Uh, I've done that. So, um, but things are going to be pretty tight. And if you're in the late season where you may be carrying a bigger sleeping bag, you may be carrying a few more layers, mm-hmm. um, you know, then all of a sudden you're taking up a lot of room and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got seven days worth of food. Um, you're, you're taking up quite a bit of room. So then you're, you're probably going to want to go to that six K. I noticed. So I clicked on the four K one and it's mm-hmm. what's cool. You guys can, and, and I'm talking strictly from somebody who's, you know, I don't own one of these packs and I want the audience to know you got, you guys are not a show sponsor and, and this isn't like some just big running ad or anything like that. We're just trying to get familiar and, and let listeners in this audience get familiar with this, with this product. Um, and so I, I click on this 4k section or uh, 4k option. And what's mm-hmm. cool is you can, you can just get the bag or you can get like a gear combo or you can get uh, the the three gear combo, which it looks like that's just got that accessory over the over the back. I don't know what that's called. Um, that's the that'd be that load carrier. The yeah. load carrier, okay. The load carrier, and then you can get the the four gear combo, which that actually comes with a platypus uh, bladder. And yeah. Does that does yeah, that have cool the filtration? Yeah. Well, it doesn't have the filtration, but it does have the bladder with it. And the cool thing about our lid is one of the unique things is that we built a a pocket up under the main pocket of the lid. And that's where you can store a one and a half to two liter low profile platypus bladder um, or or any low profile bladder, um, to be honest with you. So. So, yeah, that's we've Hmm, created that up underneath the lid. The, the reason we did that is because I don't know about you guys, but I've had multiple bladders burst inside my, my <laughs> back, my yes. back. Yep. and Joe and I wanted to essentially take that out of the equation. And so we, uh, we created that bladder storage there in the lid and that's been, that's been working really, really well. And that, that keeps a weight balance too. It's not just on your left side or just on your right side, right? Yes. Yeah. And you don't forget it. You know, if you take yeah. the bag apart from the, the frame and everything around Dango, like I said, if you have the bladder in your bag, then it's like, all right, now where I put this bladder, where's my water going to go? I always yeah. have the weed with me. You know, it's, you know, what's funny. What actually, what kind of sucks is, so we had to turn the, the, the video portion of this recording off so we can't see each other. And I'm having a hard time figuring out who's talking sometimes here. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm the guy that talks funny. I, I'm the guy that uh, has a little bit of a Southern accent. So that's got to be Dennis. Maybe. <laughs> so, you hear something rubbing against the microphone. It's probably my mustache. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to, uh, I'll keep in mind. So I, Dennis, I lived in North Carolina for some time and started developing a Southern accent. And my wife claims that if I drink whiskey on, you know, probably more than what I should, she says this southern accent starts coming out that I had because I lived there for like five years. Yeah, that's that's amazing that uh, that that happens. I've heard <laughs> the thing about about myself, or if I talk to say my mom or somebody from back there, a relative or something, or a buddy from back mm-hmm. there, um, it it comes screaming back. Yeah, yeah, it comes back. Yeah, definitely. Okay, getting back to these packs here. Let's see. I hey, bro, talk- quick, just want to make sure we mention too on the two K, it's not actually two thousand cubic inches, right, Dennis? It's what twenty five hundred or so. Yeah, it's around twenty five hundred. <laughs> we just we just didn't want to say two point five K or six point three K. Yeah, <laughs> so just kind of keeping it simple for sure. So, what about the four K? Is that is that four thousand or? That's actually the closest of, of any of them, uh, and it? that does include the lid. That, but, yeah, that's about the closest of any of them. I think that's the one. I, I want to try out that 4K. That thing would that be would right be our um, what, what was that? That's our flagship. That's the most popular. Uh, that 4K three-gear combo is, is the most popular um, for us. And what do you say to guys that are like me that where I'm always like, I've always got this in my mind that, okay, I need the biggest pack and I need to take all this extra crap that I don't need. Cause you, you guys, I'm sure have done it too, where you get back and it's like, okay, I've been, I've been back four or five times. This thing's been in my pack. I have never touched it. Why am I packing this thing around? Like, um, that six K is super, uh, tempting. But I know that'd be way too much room for me because I, I don't go into the backcountry when it's you know past November first in North Idaho. Yeah, it it's just like with everything else. I mean, if you have the space, you're going to find a way to fill it most of the time. <laughs> that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, and that's the problem that I always had was packing too much stuff. And even up until recently, Dennis has a a blog post on the website about packing too much stuff and backups for backups and packing your fears is what I always used to do. So mm-hmm. I had a, just in case this fails, I have another one for in case that one fails and, and, you know, really not needing that kind of stuff. The only thing I don't really skimp on is, is first aid stuff, but I'm, yeah. see, I'm terrible with that stuff. I, I, what did, did you say packing for fear or packing out of fear? What was that comment? Packing my fears. So, yeah. you know, like, Oh, I'm afraid that if, you know, if my primary fire starter goes down, I'll have to use my secondary. But then if that one goes down, am I screwed? So I'm going to have to carry a third. So, you know, packing the fears of, you know, what ifs out there. But realistically, most guys are no more than a, you know, a half a day or a day hike back to the truck. So if things get real bad and your, you know, your secondary fire starter goes down, most guys can make it back out to the truck. Yeah, no, that's a- third or fourth fire starters. 
Yeah, great. That's that's a great point. Or with four headlamps. You know, I was carrying a bunch of headlamps. Oh, I do too, man. And then I, I I carry way too many backup batteries. And then I I even have backup batteries for my backup batteries. And you said fire starter. I'll have like four lighters in different Ziplocs throughout my pack. I, I have oh. matches, and if those fail, I have a super heavy ferrule rod, so yep. I can start at old school, like you know. And, and I know that's just ridiculous. So. Yeah. You guys need a support group. Well, yeah, that was that was always <laughs> my problem. And so I started hunting with Chris and Dennis up here. It was like, man, why are you taking all that? But I traditionally needed a big bag because I was carrying all that stuff. And if there was a pocket, I would fill it with something. And there's yeah. enough pockets on these bags to where you can be organized. And then if you use like a pack sack, you could be organized. But then it doesn't lend me to just stuff in pockets full because I don't like an empty pocket. Sure, sure, yeah, for sure. The pack stacks that he's that he just mentioned; those are our little gear organization bags, and uh, they've got mesh on half of them, so you can kind of see what's what's in there without unzipping them. And mm -hmm. so we've got four different sizes of those. Those are really helping keeping us organized. And one of the things that I've done is I'll I'll put I'll create a kit and I'll decide on the pack sack that that I'm gonna use for that one and so let's say my first aid kit that's going to go into a medium pack sack and i'm going to describe what what i have in there uh, ahead of time and then once that pack sack is filled that's it for first aid i can't put any more into my pack unless it goes in that pack sack and if it doesn't fit then it's not coming with me and i probably don't need mm. it anyway that's a good so, way to do it. I could I could take some pointers from you doing that for sure. That's tell you that blog fantastic. post. That got me to drop some pounds. Where yeah. where did you say the blog post was? It's, it's on, it's on oh, the blog. Website. I found it. Yeah, Backcountry yeah. Media blog. Yeah, I'll guys, I'll link that in the show notes. Uh, so you guys That'd be great. Now that's that's perfect. Um, no, you. Oh man, you got all sorts of stuff on this. Mountain fitness, hunting tips, hunting stories, hunting gear. That is pretty cool. And then you have. Yeah, and then we're adding to it all the time. Um, we've got some, some pretty good partners out there as far as, you know, when I say partners, I mean, you know, guys out there that are that are getting it done and they are yeah. experts on, on their certain fields. But, yeah, that, that one, it's called Do I Really Need That? Making Cuts to Your Pack Weight. I wrote that one here a while back. and a lot of it came out of personal experience and I, I just have to, I have to go back and reread that every once in a while, just, just to remind myself, you know, Hey, you really don't need that. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's a couple of things in there for sure. That's you know, awesome. Jim, back That's the, the sizes of packs and stuff, you know, it's where guys are going to take up a lot of weight in a pack is in their sleep system. Uh -huh. their tents and you know exterior clothing so even though i might not be going out for seven days plus that 6k if i'm taking my zero degree down bag if i'm taking you know my big tp tent and a wood stove and all my puffy layers because it's a late november hunt things like that that's where i'm going to need a bigger pack size like that, even though I might not be going out for the extended amount of days, but it's the size of the gear that takes up that space in that pack. Gotcha. 
Okay. Yeah, not to mention if, if you're if you're filming your hunts yeah. and you've you've got a lot of camera gear, a lot of batteries, that sort of thing. Which I I currently don't do that, but uh, I know a lot of the guys that that do film their hunts, and that's where most of that room can get taken up. Uh, yeah. With with all the camera gear and batteries and chargers and all that stuff. I mean, quite frankly, even on like the the sleep system, the sleeping bag and the sleeping pad. A lot of guys don't out of the gate spend the money that it takes to get a you know 900 or an 850 filled down bag so their bags don't compress because they buy a you know hundred dollar sleeping bag from sportsman's warehouse or whatever and it it's warm it gets the job done but it doesn't come packed down yeah. to the size you need to get it in the smaller bags so my my coleman would be a bad yeah <laughs> yeah and it, the one that hooks on the outside of your backpack, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I always make that joke. <laughs> Go to Walmart and get you a Coleman sleeping bag. You'll be fine. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I, what, the only time I have tried one of your packs on, so Michael Batiste over there at the Elk Calling Academy, uh, he, we, we did this elk seminar up here in North Idaho. Uh, that was last summer. We were supposed to do it again this summer, but it keeps getting delayed because of the Rona. Anyway, he brought it to the seminar and I'm like, what is the, try it, man. And it was, it's, it's a super nice pack. So what I, what I, and, and either Dennis or Roger, can you guys give us a, like uh, I've called it in the past, the thirty-second commercial, or or why why somebody should should really seriously consider looking at these initial ascent packs uh, versus and over some of the, the the competition that's out there. Um, it, there again, it just goes back to to the foundation, and I appreciate you asking that question. Um, foundation is like no other out there. You can you can haul more weight um, if you so choose to do so. Uh, more efficiently than from what I can tell any other pack system out there. It's a modular pack system, so it's very versatile. Can you explain Can you explain what modular pack system is to people? Yeah. Yes. Simply it's just uh you've got you've got one frame and suspension and you have a bunch of different sized bags that can go on the same frame and suspension and it can you can exchange them or transition from one to the other in seconds. Okay. Okay. And, well, then, and that's, we haven't even mentioned the, the decoy hauler yet too, that goes on the same frame. Oh and yeah. I was looking at that one. What, what's with the decoy hauler? Just so there's a, there's a need out there for guys that are hauling in decoys Hunting in California. We hunted a lot of the refuge systems in the central Valley of Sacramento. And you had to carry all of your decoys a mile and a half in and the traditional you know, sack, mesh sack that you could put these decoys in. That's a pain in the butt. You always ended up with a pintail tail sticking right in your back during that whole pack mile and a half mm-hmm. in. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, and all that weight sitting on your shoulders, by the time you got out to your ground line, it, you were just smoked. So that's mm. it's a real slick system, really you can carry three dozen decoys with ease on that thing because of the way that frame distributes all that weight. And then that's the same frame, same suspension is running all those bags, those different setups. Yeah. So you can go from, 
from the uh, from the mountains to the duck blind uh, really quickly. Yeah, in, in just a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. What is this Mountain Dew gear? Let me click on that tab. On oh, it's like your swag, man. Okay. Yeah, the, the swag, the Mountain Dude. He's he's uh, he's becoming legendary. <laughs> is he? <laughs> he he is. He he is got. He's taken on a a life and a persona of his own. I feel like it's like that that Harrison dude or something where you only see half his face in all these pictures. Yeah. <laughs> is that you, Dennis? No, man. I, we have no idea who that is. That, oh, you don't know. Idea. He is. He is. He can be anybody. He can be anyone. But Def- he definitely is. has kind of that wise, those wise old eyes, you know, that are honed in, looking for game on the horizon. Yeah, there's something super mysterious about him. Yeah, so we've got our Mountain Dew gear, you know, T-shirts and hats, sweatshirts and stickers and all that good stuff. You know, just like every every other company has. But uh, oh, for sure, yeah, for nobody sure. Nobody else does. I like it. I like it. So, uh, no, that's great, guys. Um, I I love companies like this. I lo- you guys are local to Idaho. Um, and, and, and this is like custom made stuff in, in a sense, because you hand make it. Can you kind of walk us through your manufacturing process right now? Or is that something you don't want to divulge? No, that's, that's fine. I mean, I, and, and basically we'll just do like a 30,000 foot view if that's all right. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. So, so you said something there, you know, this, this is made in Idaho, made in, in the USA. Um, our frames are manufactured over in Rexburg, Idaho. And our soft goods are made right here at Garden City, Idaho. And so once the the frame and then the soft goods are manufactured, they get sent to us. Um, and we put all these packs together ourselves. So an owner such as myself, puts we put together all these packs one by one. Um, Oftentimes I'll have uh, somebody like Roger or Chris Young, um, my partner Joe, we'll kind of have a pack building party and uh, all that stuff comes in and we'll just start building packs right and left. And so it's, and and then when you order a pack, you know that that pack has been touched by an owner, every single one of them. Um, That's pretty unique. Yeah, I think it is. And, you know, I... I, I hope and pray that, you know, as this thing continues to grow, that we're still going to have that, um, that personal touch that comes along with it, because I believe that's important. Um, yeah. Our customer service, you call customer service and you're going to get either myself or you're going to get my partner, Joe. Um, yeah. if, you, if you message us on uh, Facebook or Instagram or the website, you're going to get one of us. And matter of fact, if you're on social media, you're going to get me. Um, so, you know, it's just very, very intimate. Um, if I may use that word. Um, yeah, no, it totally is. It's like this grassroots company that is, absolutely. it's just, it's just genuine, man. I mean, th- yeah. th- you're not going to, you're not going to buy these products and have to worry about it having coronavirus because it's coming from overseas. 
and right. you know everything else that goes into it. It's it's and especially you know what's what's really cool for me is is it being an Idaho company, and you know I just because I am now if I lived in Montana I would I would think it was cool if there was a Montana company, but for for everybody looking at these, it's legitimately a, a an American made product that is custom and, and handmade by the people that started it. And I just feel like you're going to get a lot more attention to detail and it's the, the quality factor is going to be a lot more important to somebody that is hand making these products, you know, um, and, and getting them out to the customers. I, it's just, it's a rare thing these days. And that's why I was, I was pretty excited to get you guys on for sure. Um, and on top of all of that, it's the, the fit of the pack too. You know, being able mm -hmm. to have you at home measure your torso length and before that pack gets in the box and sent out to you, that torso length is adjusted to you. So when you take it out of the box, it's fitting you right away. You're not taking something off the shelf that somebody else has messed around with and not knowing how to fit it. That's quite frankly, most of the problems with some people in packs is they think it's uncomfortable because they don't know how to fit it to them. So mm -hmm. it's coming to you, fit to you. What what would you guys say is like something about your packs that maybe people don't know, but they would truly benefit from utilizing within the pack system or owning the pack just in general? Well, for me personally, I I like the width of the frame. And if you look at most frames out there on the market, they're they're thin, they're narrow. Um, as far as thin, I mean narrow. So they're you know, six, eight inches wide all the way up. And the pack that I was running prior to the initial Senate pack, that was one of my main problems with it is that the frame was too flexible and it was too narrow. And I had a, a bear with loose meat hiding head in there. And it just felt like I had a waterbed on my back. Everything was shipped, every footstep. And there was no structure to it because of how narrow the frame was. And if you think about it, how big are your your game bags, right? Everything's 18, 20 inches wide. Elk quarters are wide. Even deer quarters are wide. Everything's mm -hmm. wide. Yeah. Why would you want a narrow frame? You know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, does the frame hang up on trees as you're walking through the brush? Like it's no wider than your shoulders. So if you're catching on branches, your pack is too. So you probably shouldn't be walking through that area. Yeah. Yeah. Can you expand on, on the website under the kind of the warranty tab? It says we offer a hundred percent lifetime warranty for any material defects and workmanship to the original purchaser. Um, is there anything you want to expand on in terms of the warranty? Cause obviously that's a pretty solid warranty. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I would say, I mean, if you, if you get uh, one of our packs and you know, you're, you're packing it up for the first time and you're, you know, you take and you grab that compression strap and, and something, you know, you hear something rip or, or something like that. Um, yeah, man, it's a pain in the butt, but, but send us, send it back to us and we'll fix it for you. If we can't fix it, we're going to send you a brand new, new product. So, yeah, uh, it should not happen. So we back everything up that we do. Now, obviously, if somebody's had a pack for, you know, two years and you're starting to get a little wear spot, you know, in, in certain places just because of, you know, use, then that's that's another thing. And we still will fix that for you for a, a you know, a minimal charge. Um, but 
as far as what we do, we, we do back everything up. That frame, it's a 100% lifetime warranty. If you back over it with your pickup truck, you just send us the pieces and we will send you a new frame. So that's pretty bulletproof. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of companies do, do stuff like that. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, another thing I'll mention too, I mean, you talk about that 30 day, we also have a 30 day trial period. So, you know, one of the things that we're at a little disadvantage is because, you know, we don't, have a middleman we don't have a sportsman's or a cabela's or we don't have a distributorship network set up out there and so you really can't go anywhere and you know pick up one of these packs unless you come here um and we do that for i mean people that are coming through or local people around the boise area um we do set up appointments. We don't have an actual storefront at this time, but we do set up an appointment and basically you're setting one up with me and I'll take you through the whole system and, and fit you properly, uh, custom fit. And, and then you can purchase it obviously, you know, right from here. But, uh, if, if you aren't anywhere close and you can't get to our shop, then, we do offer that 30 day uh, money back guarantee. So if you buy it online and you know, you, you try to pack on with weight and, and it just doesn't fit properly or, or something about it, you just don't like um, as long as it's in, you know, perfect sellable condition, um, then you can send it back to us and we'll, we'll give you a full refund. Um, So, so it's it's kind of one of those you know no lose situations there even though we yeah don't no that's 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 a dynamite a, warranty the problem too like the middleman stuff is you don't have quite frankly working in the retail business in some of these big stores the people that you know for the backpack section and everything there's really not the knowledge that's there to properly fit these up and they don't have the ability to put weight in them that's really where you need to have a pack fitted is with weight in there mm-hmm. and you feel packs with weight in them because you take anything off the shelf and cinch up the, the hip belt and the shoulder straps and everything's going to feel good with a, with nothing in it. But it's when you put the weight in it, that's when this pack shines. When you're putting a 50 pound sandbag in it and you put it on your shoulders and everybody's saying, Oh, this is got to, can't be anything over 25, 30 pounds. It's because of the way that frame and suspension system distributes that weight. Gosh, it's so critical too, because you don't want to find out uh, on mile two on a seven mile backcountry trip day one elk hunt that that pack sucks when it's loaded down with weight. And, and so that's that that's a great point. And I'm I'm confident, you know, just because of like the the, the reviews that you guys have and the fact that you know it helps me. Uh, you know, I know Michael Batiste, he he loves it, and so. If, if he likes it, I know I'm going to like it kind of thing, you know? And so that's how this thing grows, man. Uh, yep. you, guys, you guys are kicking butt. Um, this is, this is cool. I like, I'm, I'm going to be super excited to kind of watch you guys grow and, and, and become, you know, one of the more prominent companies. I think, I think that's what, where, where you're headed. We appreciate that, Jim. Um, you know, one of the things that, that kind of got Joe and I into it, um, 
above and beyond the the whole making you know a pack making packs great again right um mm-hmm. the above and beyond trying to make packs that that fit us perfectly um you know we we feel like that you know this is this is a great opportunity for us to impact lives and yeah to to, Im- to speak you know in into people's lives and you know one of the things that we feel strongly about is that just just our stepping into this arena changed things for the hunting community for the positive because what did it do when we showed up February 8 2018 and nobody knew we were coming i mean mm-hmm. we showed up and people were like what in the world is this where did they come from especially our competition and so all of a sudden that makes our competition better because they have to be yeah and so just our presence in the industry is making the hunting industry better for the hunter yeah i love that i'm i'm back on Back on the website here uh, on the home. Oh, is that is that Mountain Dude on the home page? The mysterious guy packing out a, a an elk. It it may be. It may not be. Oh, you're just not gonna <laughs> give me an answer. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to ask that question right, and you're gonna spill the beans to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a great story behind where that logo came. <clears throat> oh yeah, the you're talking about that that the picture on the home page. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the mountain dude, the, the mountain dude mountain logo. Dude. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys have a, I, I think I said that before we started recording, this is a cool website. You have all sorts of stuff on this thing. Thank you. There's media, there's a blog, there's videos, there's a photo gallery, um, about us tab. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. Uh, no, this is, this is awesome guys. And let's talk about where people could find, the pack, uh, obviously we've got initial ascent.com. Mm-hmm. Um, where else? Yeah. So you can go, uh, onto social media. So what is it? Uh, Instagram, it's at initial ascent, um, Facebook, uh, you can, you can just search initial ascent on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then YouTube initial ascent packs, uh, there we, I have to say that we do have some pretty cool videos and we've got lots of different types of videos on our YouTube channel. So do yourself a favor, go over there and, and check that out, subscribe and, uh, and find, find some bit, some of those cool videos. We've got a lot of tips on there as well. So, um, it's, it's, it's just a great place to go and hang out for a little while. Yeah. Tons of content. Uh, and there's lot like, and this is something a lot of companies don't do. I wish they would do more of, you guys actually have videos on how to change your hip belt, how to wash the pack, packing out methods, uh, rifle carry options, like just basic. Here's how you do this. When, when you, when you get these complicated pack systems, sometimes for, especially for guys like me that are not super smart, it is seriously helpful to be able to go to these YouTube channels or on the website and just find, find these uh, videos that just kind of walk you through it. Cause it's, I usually get hung up on some stupid little detail that I'm, I just, you know, the video to identify it for me. So this is great. Well, we both, we basically put those videos on there so we could reference back and remind ourselves how to do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're wiser than I th- initially thought. So 
Uh, that's awesome. Now, guys, uh, well, man, I appreciate you guys coming on. What what closing thoughts? You guys got anything closing that you want you want the audience to know about Initial Ascent or anything you're working on like that before we wrap this up? Well, I'll give you uh, the listeners kind of a, a tip that took me a lot of time and money to figure out is for certain things in the hunting, especially if you're doing the, the backcountry type of hunting, it's really a buy once, cry once kind of a thing when it comes to packs and boots. I think those are the two things, especially more so for me, packs that you spend the money on it, you get a quality pack like these packs and it will enhance and better your experience out there because there's nothing worse. And that's how I ended up in this pack was the pack that I was using felt good with their standard 30 pounds in it, but you know, it should have been a, a really happy, joyous occasion shooting my first spring bear and everything. But what overshadows all that happiness was the miserable pain and pack out that was with that pack. And so you can have a good time, have a good successful hunt and then be miserable at the end of it when it counts. And that's what you remember too. Like yep. 10 to five years later, you know, you don't remember the feeling of, of victory when, when you get the, when you, when you get something on the ground, you know, and, and, but, but you just, that, that vividness of the pain coming out, um, is like what stands out and those aren't the memories you want to make for sure. So, uh, yes, I think, I think you guys got, you, you got something going here that is, is you, uh, you should be proud of it. And, uh, this is, this is a great product. And, uh, I wish we could, uh, you, you know, we might, we might need to have you guys back on at some point. That'd be cool. We'd, we'd be honored to come on Jim. Yeah. Let's maybe, uh, even come after like September or something and, and discuss any pack outs and especially if mountain dude gets something down, uh, I'm going to be keeping my eye on mountain dude for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I wish he would have going a, on. Uh, that mountain dude. I wish he had shaved and just have a mustache. <laughs> no this is great well uh guys thanks for coming on i'm gonna put um all the all, all the links in the show notes so i'll have your website i'm gonna have the instagram the facebook um all that kind of stuff and i i'm actually going to link that do i really need that article on on your blog too so people can just click on that and read through that because i uh, I, I found myself trying to read that while one of you guys was talking. And I'm like, okay, no, I cannot read and listen at the same time. So I'm going to go back to that. Well, thank you. Yeah, we uh, we really appreciate you having us on, Jim. It's uh, It's been a blast and uh, can't wait to uh, come back on maybe uh, after season. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a postseason update for sure, for sure. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm going to... I'm going to uh, see see what I could – if I could talk my wife into letting me get that 4K. Um, she, she's got me on a tight leash right now because I've, I've been uh, – you know, hunting season's coming, man, so it's been expensive. <laughs> That's right. I know that. <laughs> so thanks again, guys, for coming on. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Jim. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. Glad you joined us. If you liked that episode, please tell a friend and let me know what you thought at jimandthewesternhuntsman.com. And don't forget to check out our show sponsors. The links are in the show notes. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain. Mm-hmm.